Okay, episode 18, Kamas. Hello there, everyone, and welcome back to Lady Kira's Galactic Adventure, where we traverse the universe in our Corellian Corvette cruiser, The Vindicator. I am, of course, your host on this excursion, Admiral Kido Vundari of the Alliance to Restore the Republic. This time, we are continuing our exploration of the interior as we travel to the planet Kamas. If you have no questions, comments, or concerns, then make sure to bypass the compressor try on Lando Calrissian's entire cape collection and collect every kind of Stormtrooper uniform that you can get your hands on. This week on Lady Kira's Galactic Adventure. In canon, Kamas is an astronomical object located at M9 in the Sirius system of the Core Worlds, which we have no canon information on, by the way. Kamas is most well known for its art and cuisine. One of these things is the Kamas light sculptures, which were owned by one Lando Calrissian when he was in charge of Cloud City. Side note, um, have any of you heard Lando's full name? Because it literally sent me to another dimension when I heard it. And yes, I know the accent's gone, just, just bear with me. Look, guess what it is right now, but um, his full name is, drumroll please, Landonis Balthazar Calrissian. Landonis Balthazar Calrissian. <laughs> Look, it's just so fitting for him, simply because it's so extra and so is he. Anyways, Lando actually had these sculptures on display in his office in Cloud City. The other thing that Kamas is most well known for is their cheese pie. Look, there's this weird story regarding someone who shares my name. You may know her as Lady Kira of Crimson Dawn. And let me note, I am not her, but Kira is quite a common name on Corellia, which happens to be where both of us are from. And I'm not in the mood to tell this story though, so uh, we're gonna move right on. During the time of the Galactic Empire, Kamas would suffer as a planet so horribly that their fate would be comparable to the horrors of Alderaan's. And on that note, that's everything I have in canon, so we're going to pop on those legend lenses you have under your seats and learn some more about this place. In Legends, Kamas was a highly populated marsh world in the Sirius system, so you know what that means. The Sirius system consists of four planets which revolve around their sun, Sirius. In the first orbital position, we have the planet Lys, an uninhabitable, searing, molten rock, with no moons. In the second orbital position, we have Kamas, which we will cover when we have covered everything, not as cool as it. So in the third position, we have Kamor. Kamor was a frozen rock that was orbited by a single moon slash Daryl, and no, I'm not going to explain the joke, just go check out more episodes for context. Moving on from the third orbital position, we have the fourth and final planet in the Sirius system, Cirilla, which was a gas giant with 17 moons. And now that we're all done covering the Sirius system, let's head back to the second orbital position to talk about Kamas. Kamas is said to have no moons, a rotation period of 25 standard hours, and an orbital period of 375 standard days. Standard hours slash days are in reference to the Coruscant cycle, by the way. 
Pharos was a terrestrial planet that was once had a breathable atmosphere, as well as a temperate climate and standard gravity. It was once covered in jungles, marshes, steppes, and rolling hills. Now knowing what it used to be, let's talk about the history that made it suffer a fate equal to Alderaan. Before the times of the Republic, the planet was home to the, be the behemoths, sorry, as well as the Kamasi people. The behemoths are a predatory species, which we'll talk about later, but the Kamasi people, on the other hand, we'll get into right now. The Kamasi are a mammalian sentient species that, um, I don't want to be rude, but they really look like Furbies, okay? Just look up a picture of them, okay? Their fur can be brown, grey or golden and had a smell that's very similar to Corellian whiskey. A lot of Corellians this episode for some reason. They have two long arms with three fingered hands and pointed ears. They have yellow red eyes and a snout full of teeth that can give them an acute sense of smell. The species also has this ability, which is really cool, called the Memni, which allows them to share vivid memories with their relatives as well as those who are strong in the Force. It's because of this ability that the Kamasi people are as peace-loving as they are. In seeing these memories, they would project so vividly as if they were someone else was witnessing them go through it, basically. Because like, imagine reliving the same hateful memories from someone else's mind in your own. That does not sound like much fun at all. And that's all really all I want to get into on the species itself, so let's head back to their home planet. At around 30,000 BBY, Kamas was ruled by the Rakatan Infident Empire. And fun fact, the Rakata used force-based hyperdrives to travel the galaxy, which must be much more sustainable than uh, you know, Tabana gas or coaxium fuel sources. Anyways, uh, Kamas was one of the founders of the Galactic Republic in the year 25,053 BBY. Fun fact. Early legends claim that the Jedi learned morality from the Kamasi people, as Kamasi, as a word, came to be known as, quote, friend from afar, end quote, or, quote, stranger to be trusted, end quote, in other translations across the galaxy. Despite their connection, few Kamasi ever became Jedi or studied under them, but some did. They also built a Jedi temple on Kamas, though, established for learning and practicing morality with the Source themselves. During a time known as the PSD era, or basically the Galactic Crusades that lasted from 11,987 BBY to 10,966 BBY, the Kamasi refused to support the Inquisitions of the Republic at the time. This will be a reoccurring theme later. I do think we need to do an episode on the PSD era because it's just really dense. Not as dense as the Alsacon conflicts because those lasted literally 10,000 years, but still dense. Prior to the beginning of the Clone Wars, Kamas was represented in the Galactic Senate by Eshirin Hine, who opposed the Military Creation Act alongside senators like Padme Amidala and Bail Organa and Mon Mothma, but remained very loyal to the Republic during the Clone Wars. But due to their pacifist mentality, they found the war very, very distasteful. Well, and then, you know, the Empire came around and, uh, Things really started to hit the fan.
it is at this point in the episode that things are going to get a bit more serious. Palpatine is, mind my hutties, a messy bitch, as has been proven time and time again. Palpatine respected the Kamasi and their loyalty, but grew very tired of their old Republic ideals. So naturally, just as he thought was necessary for the for the Lasat and the Geonosians, Palpatine ordered a planetary bombardment of Kamas in 19 BBY, shortly after the end of the Clone Wars. The Jedi Temple on Kamas was ruined, suffering many direct hits at Palpatine's direct directions, because, uh, you know, Jedi propaganda and stuff. Um, and many survivors of this incident have fled to other worlds around them, including, ironically, Alderaan. It was here that one of the largest groups, uh, hoping to find sanctuary, settled, only to die when the planet 2 was destroyed by the first Death Star. And stay tuned to the ep end of this uh, episode for more information. Just believe me. But the hits just kept on coming for the Kamasi settler, as several years after the destruction of Kamas, a meteor hit the planet and carved a massive crater in its surface. Due to the immense ecological devastation, the flora and fauna of the planet had to rapidly evolve or go extinct entirely. One of these plants was the thorn sniper plant, I don't think I mentioned it before, a carnivorous shrub with woody branches and broad leaves which were covered with thousands of long thorns radiating off a short thick trunk. They really evolved after the bombardment. I don't know if there was a plant similar to it before. The roots of this plant were sensitive to vibration, to the point where if it even sensed footfall in the general vicinity of its roots, it would fire volleys of thorns, which although weren't poisonous, are deadly in number like a gaggle of toxic fanboys. Those creatures killed by the thorns would decompose and feed the plant via, you know, the circle of life. The very notion of this would attract more creatures to the plant's vicinity, further extending its life cycle. Another creature affected by this devastation was what I mentioned briefly before, the behemoth. The behemoth is regarded as a predator species, but I don't have a record of what they actually looked like before the attacks. After the bombardment though, most of these creatures died, but the ones that survived did so by hibernating underground. After the bombardment, they were gradually altered by the excess radiation and became what is known as a mutated behemoth, which had six legs with clawed feet and were covered by uneven patches of fur, which exposed a scaly hide. They also had oblong heads with bony ridges and many sharp teeth. And you know what I say to that? Didn't I do it for you? Okay. If the wildlife isn't enough to prove how bad the destruction was here, um... This is a quote from Wikipedia that describes the physical damage of the planet. After the Imperial bombardment, nearly all flora and fauna either disappeared or were mutated beyond recognition. Kamas became a barren waste and without vegetation to release oxygen, the atmosphere became toxic and unbreathable. Bombardment kicked up smoke and dust into the air, and the surface became racked by dust storms and falling soot, eroding the surface and sending dirt and mud into the oceans. The water, once teeming with sea life, became muddy, polluted, stagnant, and lifeless." End quote. What the Empire did to this planet is on the same level of the destruction of Scarif, the Sun, and Genosius, heartless and unfathomable. So many people died in these atrocities, so many creatures, 
Granted, the Empire displays a fair bit of xenophobia, so it shouldn't be a shock that they would try to genocide alien species, especially if they're linked to the Jedi, but I would like to know what the soldiers who literally melted the Lasat people would say before their maker to try and get into whatever afterlife that they believe in. The officers who carry out the orders of the Empire and those above them, you know, the generals, the admirals, the grand admirals, they're definitely in on this and want to cause harm to others. But what about the technicians on board the Star Destroyers? What about the people physically firing the laser cannons on the Death Star? Are they turning away from the light? Or are they turning away from the responsibility of destroying entire planets with billions of inhabitants? Placing that blame solely in the hands of those who are giving the orders. Feel free to tell me your opinions on this moral dilemma in the comments of the YouTube video or in the Q&A on Spotify. Anyways, during the New Republic period, the Kabasi that survived the attacks founded a city called Refuge City, where they hoped to decontaminate and rescue their blighted world. Just south of it lay a, uh, a crater that had been caused by the meteor strike, which the Bothans used as a waste dump for 50,000 credits a year, which would be funneled into the decontamination efforts. And on that note, that's everything I have for you on Kamas. And that is everything I have for you on Camus in both canon and legends. I hope you enjoyed your journey this week and your stay so far aboard the Vindicator. If you have any questions or concerns about your stay, feel free to bring it up with one of our personnel on board via a private message or a DM. Perhaps on our TikTok accounts at Shadow Collective Rules with a Z, or at Unidentified Robot, or maybe our Instagram at Lady Kira, or perhaps the review of our show. Or perhaps, if you want more of me, and I don't know why, why you would, but you can head on over to patreon.com slash Productions, and for only five bucks a month, you can have access to tons of additional content in our exclusive Discord community. All of those usernames and their respective platforms will be listed in the show notes. Next time, we will be journeying into Alderaan and whatever core worlds I can cover in an hour or less. Until next time, my friends, companions, and droids, may the Force be with you all.